Hey everybody, welcome to Handstand Toast again. I'm Scott, and we're here to talk about the penultimate episode of Westworld Season 3. That's Season 3, Episode 7, Past Pawn. Guys, that is Sam, that is Ken. Before we get started and talking about this incredible episode jam-packed with plot, jam-packed with exposition, interesting, crazy stuff for all of us to talk about, Sam, why don't you tell them where they can find us? Go to NerdCyclopedia.com where you will find all our links to all our different um, social media outputs at NerdCyclopedia on Twitter, stick, um, Twitter, Twitter, Instagram, and also on Facebook. Make sure that you're subscribing to all our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, Spotify, we are there. Send us feedback at nerds at, at nerdcyclopedia.com. And of course, make sure that you're subscribing to us on YouTube and sharing and also hitting that notification button so you can see us live when we do come on. <laughs> That's right, because we do sometimes come on when it works. Uh, we're, we're hopeful. Uh, when it works. Welcome out. to the apocalypse, That's people. right, everybody. All right, so, uh, so plenty to talk about this week, uh, so we probably won't run out of content, which is great. Very much excited about not running out of content, sounding like an idiot. Ken, we'd like to start with you because you're our energy guy. You're the guy that loves this stuff the most. You're the one that gave Rise of Skywalker a 10 and didn't walk that back later on. Ken, what was your most awesome thing you saw tonight? Maeve Dolores. <laughs> Samurai sword versus combat dagger. Oh, yeah. With aerial drones. Ooh. Come on. All we needed was Mandalorians to come jetpacking out. (laughs) Everything in our lives would be complete as the world. All right. Super awesome. Super awesome. Super awesome. Uh, Sam, what was awesome for you? What was your favorite, most awesome thing you saw tonight? Maeve versus Dolores. <laughs> it's a ten. <laughs> that's, hey, that's a that's a ten for me. You know, and, and apparently it's the preview. I know because we're going to get more next. We're going to get the rumble in know? the jungle soon, right? This is just Maeve v Dolores I, one, or maybe one billion. Yeah. Who knows how many yeah, times they've yeah. been fighting? Uh, I, I'm in agreement. The most awesome thing tonight was Maeve versus Dolores. We've been waiting on this ever since they introduced these guys as the competing emergent artificial intelligences to come from this project different sort of touch tones different sort of progress reports one developed naturally one developed with humans and now here they are fighting about the future of humanity one using a human agent to do their work the other doing a human's work as an agent of the humans a complete dichotomy and absolute mirror image of each other guys this is what we've been waiting for for years is to see this fight and quite frankly it delivered and ken i agree drone fighting on top of everything brilliant brilliant because what can make a bunch of robots fighting cool uh more cool the answer to that question is more robots (laughs) so the more robots you get involved in a fight the better off Everybody is. Uh, this is the success of Voltron, right? That's how Voltron showed up. Uh, <laughs> some really cool stuff. Man, oh, man. Uh, so there's some there's some checks being cashed this week on Westworld and some interesting stuff uh, still to talk about. The There is a cold storage for people. There's a cold storage for people. Yep. Sam, what did you think about cold storage for people? <laughs> I it's, this is Matrix Terminator. I mean, this is man. I mean, it's a hey, it's is is so you got all these these these, these cold stores for people locked mm-hmm. up, and apparently that um 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 
what I want to say here. They're they're the the Dolores is kind, right? You know, she she she. The host and everything. So, so they're apparently, you know, um, in the in the um, thing about saving the world and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, yeah, you you got these cold stories of people and stuff. So, like I said, a lot of it reminded me of um, uh, Matrix. The Matrix, you know, as far as all the that stack of human beings. Ken, what what did you think of of uh-huh. human being cold storage? So I was wondering, are those are those the good ones, or are they duds? Like, are they going to be reanimated? Duds. And in yeah, like blown experiments. Oh, okay. Okay, they're like not. They weren't quite right. Their storylines weren't quite right. Too many tangents. Uh, didn't listen to direction. <laughs> also, a couple of like, simple orders, like or kids. the perfected new humans that are going to be released uh, and repopulate and restart the the whole thing over again. Humans, humans that right. are unlike stock humanity can right. survive this crisis point that comes from running the system for too long where where people can't uh, you know it's like people basically want to make choices and when you deny them that even when the outcomes are good they still feel dissatisfied with the result because they weren't able to choose it that's an important part in satisfaction right. i think that's something i know i rely on that i know sam relies on that as part of um our income generation is is telling people there's a choice you can make and that is maybe the number one thing people are looking for in any situation is their buy-in but what does the end of season two tell us about humanity in this reality it tells us humanity can't make choices can't humanity doesn't have operational free will right so who are these people that solomon and his son and the Liams have captured over time. Who who are these people that Sirach has cordoned off from humanity? If there is no free will, then why won't the projections work? That is the crux of this entire season. And like I demonstrated to you when we talked about the beginning of this season, when we started talking about what the lack of free will and predeterminism, what those mean, right? Yeah. And so we find that that while Delos is able to create, right? They're able to duplicate everything a human will do in 10,000 lines. Sirach's solution, right? Solomon's solution is just to remove them from the table. Not try to replicate them, but try to remove the instances that it can't predict. A.K.A. shorten choice windows by removing those who are capable of actually actualizing their free will mind blown and this is mind and this blown. is the type of thing it, when like elon musk talks about ai it's like we worry that they're gonna find out that the shortest distance between two points is a straight line and just go <laughs> you know what i'm meaning and cut around well yeah they, they 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 said it and uh, they sort of make alluded to that in the episode mm-hmm. and everything when they was talking about um um uh, the different facets of um, what happened in the in the world and everything, mm-hmm. cutting out like um, hunger, cutting out um, you know uh, reducing hunger, reducing like you know emissions or whatever, you know um, making sure the world was a better place. But they had to reduce the um, the the um, what what I want to say human population. Right. Well, you have to all the things that you just said or that they mentioned. You have mm-hmm. to reduce the humans. Yeah. That and that we- that was the X factor. That was the um. 
in order for the world to live. And where we heard, where have we heard that in other movies? Well, we're we're living it right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we are living this movie live. This is, this is the apocalypse. Right? This is your apocalypse we, we spot. Are... We have the one hobby that was not negatively impacted by the apocalypse. We thought ahead. This is something we can do. We can do from home forever. Like the, our basements are set up. <laughs> like we are good to go. We're apocalypse. Yeah, we're proof. good. So, uh, but but the Earth is forty percent more likely to survive now that we aren't affecting it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no cars on the road. You know, no, no, no buildings. Um, you know, um, um buildings. Smoke. Yeah, no, no nothing blowing smoke and everything. You know, the world is fine for for this period of time until humans have to go back into the world and mess things up all over again. Because they can you know? choose to. Because they can see. They can, they can see this plan, right? This plan that's set up for eons, right? To have this river flow where it's flowing. You know what I mean? Like to have to have the mountains where they are and erosion work a certain way, and it's right here. And we can look at that and say, nah, I want it over there. And do that. That's what makes humans dangerous yeah. to the earth is our is our ability to actualize what we can what we can imagine. And that's something that, mm -hmm. that nature can't do because nature isn't able to plan. That this No, it, it, great point, Scott. Uh, nature is nature mm -hmm. and it reacts in the moment and it develops over time. It can't help but do it um, because that's what it's always done since the beginning of, you know, existence, time here on Earth or whatever. You know, when humans came along, um, it's amazing how other species, well, getting, um, um, you know, just talking about other species, how they've lasted a long time <laughs> versus how long we've been on this Earth, you know, you mean. Um, this, it, uh, on this short time. But, you know, talking about Westworld and everything. So they alluded to these, you know, tidbits and everything um, in this episode. And I love the, the the cold storage, you know, aspect of it. Super neat. I mean, just like the coolest thing ever is this, this this idea. It's like the Matrix, like you said. It's like Minority Report. It's this idea yeah. of, you know, one, taking the elements out of society that will cause problems in the future and intervening before they do because you can see that they will, right? It's the same... Right. It's the same sort of logic pretzel that begs the question of is is are these people that you are cordoning off in their future crimes or future misdeeds that would wreak havoc on humanity, like how do you know they're gonna do what they do, right? And it's that old that old roll the ball off the table, grab the ball. Well, you knew it was gonna fall anyway. Um, right. Oh yeah. What's interesting about how they're how they're showing what the AI sees at the beginning of the show where they show the circle. That black area that seems to be uncertainty looks a lot like shadows, which is really interesting. So it's almost like there's these these problems that can't see kind of popping out at you from the screen. Super duper nifty. Loved that. Loved that. Loved that. Uh, I, I get stuck thinking about these philosophical questions. I, I lose track of some of the coolest stuff ever. And we alluded to this a little bit when we talked about uh, all the killing technology that's available to these guys in this show, right? My the drone, the, the gun drone thing that was that was if you want to talk about a second thing that was awesome in this episode that device <laughs> that yeah. that Dolores pulled out that Caleb was looking like what is this here yeah. <laughs> and, and what did he say he said oh you're too far out yeah he said you're too far out <laughs> yeah wait a minute let me bring my s sweet nano drone in that's gonna <laughs> spot me and I can shoot these guys from two miles away. How about that? <laughs> Two miles away. Well, All of them. In different spots and positions, too. You know, that it wasn't with just one shot in one spot, you know. It was one was in inside the building, other ones on top of the um 
tower. You know, the, the tower. Self-aiming <laughs> gun. Crazy. I mean, and you figure it's all point and shoot anyway. I mean, you haven't, that doesn't get improved on, right? Uh, I love that idea <laughs> that she has this big gun and then all of a sudden just the little tiny thing goes zzz, and you're like, uh-oh. Because you know that, that that little thing that goes zzz, is incredibly dangerous. This is an incredibly dangerous apparatus. <laughs> it's going to be doing some murder. Uh what do you think? I will say this. The twist the twist that surprised me the most in this episode is that the Dolores in Dolores is a pawn, right? Is a, the sacrificable Dolores, not the Dolores that she intends to survive into the future. It, it is not regular Dolores. It's some flavor of the Delorei that isn't regular Dolores. So now one of the surviving Doloreses is going to be the last host remaining, right? Or Bernard right. or Stubbs. There's not that many left. And she sacrificed herself to kill the Maeve body that was out there. Crazy right. stuff. And, and what about, what's her name at the beginning? Clementine. 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 So yeah. that was like a drop and then gone. So she's still out there. Yeah. And whose yeah. side is she going to be on? Because she was, um, she was a minion of Maeve. Mm. Right. Maybe she's not too happy with Maeve after that. Right. Maybe she's going to side with Dolores, but she's pretty badass. So where's she oh, yeah. into this whole And thing? don't forget Samurai yeah. Armistice. So you have yeah. a team yeah. of killer robots owned by an AI who is using his like creator as a pawn to do its bidding and its plan to keep humanity alive. Crazy awesome, right? That's super That's super complicated. That's the type of pretzel that Westworld unravels really well. It's the type of twist. That's the. It's a nerd pretzel. It is. <laughs> it's like, is there, could Mario build a pipe as a plumber that he couldn't jump over? Right? That's the, uh, that's the logic. Wow. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, man, what about that virus in William's blood? What did you guys make of that? What the, what was... What did you think about the virus in William's blood that allowed him to be tracked? Okay, so are we supposed to believe that, okay, he's he's gone. He's deceased and everything, and this is just another manifestation. I, I was a little confused on that. He, this is another manifestation of him? I think he's real. Okay. I don't think he's ever been remodeled or... So that was a fake death that we seen on a computer screen that, that Bernard and him seen? Well... Yeah, if you think, I think so. if you think what 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 Solomon and Rohaboam are doing is they're taking all the people that could be dangerous to them and cordoning them off and sending them to these prisons. That's where William is, mm -hmm. and it's because he's been identified as an insane person that's worth like seven trillion dollars and owns a company that Sirach needs to buy. So he's being taken off the map by Sirach, not by Dolores. Mm -hmm. Right? That was a plan mm. that existed before the Dolores Hale showed up. So what the, what Hale did by putting that virus in his blood was make it so that she could get to him to free him later, so she could send Stubbs and she could send Bernard to free him from this this uh, this prison. Pack. Yeah, right. Okay. But think about but think about this. So the end of season two, we see that that <laughs> William who wakes up, right? That that yeah. wake up William, who's being tested the same way that James Dalos was being tested. So what would a an undead William, like a little little pearl, put in a in a host body. What would it do? Well, it would go insane. It would lose its mind. And it would just act like a crazy, like crazy. 
So you would, you would want to lock it up. So it would get locked up in one of these facilities and it would tell you exactly where that facility is and how to get into it. Mm. <clears throat> wild stuff. Wild, wacky stuff. Looks like there's going to be... And, and, you know, the other thing is that there's a chaos that's been created already by Dolores by releasing everybody's information. So the reason they're yeah. able to operate is because nobody's at, at the wheel. I mean, look at what's happening right. in our reality right now to staffing levels in places like care homes where people are afraid to go to work because of mm -hmm. COVID-19 because they don't have the right equipment to protect themselves, so they're not going in. Imagine right. what would happen in the wake of everybody's secrets being dumped onto the internet all at once. Every single one of everybody's secrets dumped on the internet. We all know there's some messed up stuff out there. Yeah, no one mass chaos. Yeah, no one would leave their house. Yeah. <laughs> it would be exactly like this. Just uh, like how it is now. Stay at home, you know. The most um, soft inside apocalypse of all time. We got we got some background on Caleb. You know, mm -hmm. we got some more background on him and um his um his friend. Uh, what is his name? I, I forget it already. Isaac. Francis. Oh, no, yeah. Francis. 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 Man, Francis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Francis and uh, so this warfare. You know, I have this 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 dichotomy in my head about whether or not the world has constituted um, the world where they just set off the EMP to kill Solomon and kill Maeve. Is this a real reality or is this some other sort of level of computer programming? And in, in favor of that, I have seen, okay, so the virus in the blood sounds like a computer thing. The fact that these guys are all at war, but they're dressed like they just like rolled out of, rolled out of bed. They're dressed kind of <laughs> like how I dress when I play Call of Duty, right? Where I just like a jacket, hanging out, playing capture the flag, uh, real life stuff, right? Dropping a right. bomb on everybody. I, I mean, everybody's done that in Call of Duty with a kill streak. Uh, <laughs> that's a level of psychosis. But what would an AI do if, if it couldn't tell that it was in a simulation and it was in a war game, right? It takes this thing and all of a sudden something else takes control over it. And then it gets yeah. healed up and sent back out functionally. And I know this is the point. So people are going to be like, of course, that's the point, dummy. But they're just like the host. That's exactly the same, uh, the same sort of scenes that we'd see Teddy go through. And... This reminded me a lot of the Akichita episode as you watched him in his loop, right? Where was Solomon sending him? Same place Ford was sending Akichita out to fight, out to die, out to, right. out to have a conflict for no reason. So really, really awesome. Uh, really, really awesome stuff. I got hung up on that weird stuff, though, guys. It's part of what makes me have a show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, um, yeah, a lot of um, Kayla's background, it, it filled him out. It, filled, um, it built out his character a lot more. You know, um, I was kind of making me seem like, OK, this is even though we get didn't get whole whole episodes of, um, you know, Caleb, it was more his season than anything, because he's the newest one that we're, you know, more or less getting to know, um, you know, in this in this particular season here. So to have the penultimate episode be more about him was a real good thing, mm -hmm. you know, for this season, because it actually started out with him, you know, and it's right that it's sort of like, you know. Uh, rounding itself out with him um, still in like the because he he might end up being like the savior you know ken to that point what do you think the odds are that uh what do you think the odds are that dolores needed to find caleb specifically specifically you know what i mean what would you what would you say the odds are do you think that she needed caleb personally or do you think any of these you people would work for her what do you think no, she needed him. She, I, I think she needed him specifically for his, his heart, mm -hmm. what he had inside. Because no matter what 
influence, whatever, what brainwashing, what tech, what sort of takeover, what sort mm-hmm. of anything, he's still a strong person and he's as, he's more human than all, most of the humans. I mean, he's so he I think he's able to ground her in mm-hmm. certain in some aspects because she's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Caleb is also crazy, but he also I think he's more he's he's very centered and focused and has a very good um I can't think of what the word I'm looking for is, but he's got a good he's got a good heart. He's got a good center. He's got a good yeah. balance. You think he has a good moral ethos, moral language. Yes. Ethics. He's he's what all those frozen humans probably are supposed to act like. Mm-hmm. You know? But he's a little bit better because he has some tech in him. He's got a little bit of, yeah, little bit of modern modern stuff. He's a little bit of a robot, little more of a human, and he balances the two. Sam, you might be right. He might end up being the, the savior, the hero. Yeah, yeah. we don't yeah. know. It's, it's, we we don't know. Um, it's it, Dolores sort of alluded to that. Um, uh, gave a little tidbit. You know, we need you. You know, um, you don't walk away. <laughs> You know, he he didn't want to hear anything that the um uh, the big the the um you know the giant AI was saying and everything. So yeah, I mean he's he's a he's a very central character, you know, um, you know, to this to this plot. In and fact, in fact right yeah. now, Pep in our chat, Pep, thanks for joining us. Pep tells us that he thinks or they think that Caleb is gonna be the main character going into season four, and that what we're seeing here is also sort of a changing of the guard in the cast. The hosts are being destroyed. The bodies of the hosts are being destroyed. The actors who are playing the hosts can be phased out in favor of a new cast to show us the world going forward, centered on Aaron Paul. And we all know that Aaron Paul, he can hold a series together. He is a glue guy. He's a guy that can play the gritty sort of character, do it believably, and make you empathize with someone that maybe doesn't even deserve your empathy. Yeah. Well, when we're talking about, like, characters and people um, having empathy, you know, um, um, you know, Charlotte had hers like the last episode and everything. And Caleb throughout this season has had his. Yeah. We have gotten some really great character development out of Caleb. And like I said, especially this episode, filling out his background and everything and seeing his relationship with Francis. Yes, I do agree that um, um, he is going to be, a, of course, a major you know, player for um, you know, next season. So what's his role? So if he is going to be the man delivering the plan, like that, we know that at much. He has this, the strategy, the final strategy in his possession, the final strategy that will undo the system created by Serac and his brother Jean, Jean-Pierre, or whatever his name is, I can't remember his name. Uh, let me ask you a question. If it were Beast Mode or Lena who went with Dolores, would this story have been any different? Would they have a similar sort of story about how they were manipulated and the only difference is in the details? Or did Dolores need to find Caleb himself is what I'm asking. Could anybody, any who's one of these unpredictable people be a stand-in? Or did was the whole purpose of setting up all those interactions at the beginning of the season just to find Caleb himself? That's my question. Hmm. So how central is his personage to the story? Or is it just that they need a human who has been wronged and she's seen enough of us to know that any human that's wronged will want revenge and that that revenge is going to allow him to have the will to undo the system? He's had an intense wrong done to him. Mm -hmm. He was manipulated and 
forced to kill his best friend. That's the ultimate. So he didn't murder him. He was more like self-defense because it was like, yeah, don't if I don't take him out, he's taking me out. He was like, Francis, here you're getting a little too old for this shit. Yeah, and Francis is like, you know, I was thinking the same thing about you. <laughs> and then they wrote, and then uh, they, then they, they eighty six that. Yeah, tried and true trope. <laughs> they 86 that and went with something better. It's okay. That happens sometimes. Professional writers, you know, they do a good job. Not talking any smack on writers. So, that's... My questions are so myriad going into the finale here. You know, I, I don't know if even the, the baseline reality is reality or if, you know... It's almost as if there was a simulation like a, like a Grand Theft Auto game where they just let it go for 40 years and the simulators decided to create a game they could play inside the game and call it Westworld. And then, like, we're still dealing with a computer simulation. It's all just like this... Like, Caleb is suffering from some sort of video game psychosis where he played so much Call of Duty and he used that limbic system so much that he can't turn it off because it, like, took over parts of his, like, long-term memory, you know? Almost like an addict who's taking too many too much like heroin or is taking or smoke too much meth or something like that. It's just eating away at their insides. So that's some cool stuff. I mean not cool stuff, but it's stuff to talk about, I guess. Uh, yeah. uh it's cool. I think it's cool. <laughs> and nobody else thinks I'm cool. That's how it works. That's why I have a podcast with two dudes and no friends outside of the podcast. Uh ladies and gentlemen, Westworld season three has so far been much more coherent, direct, and kinetic than season two. That it has. I can agree. I what would the... say this, this because it has been so straightforward, and has been the most enjoyable season of this show for me to watch. I really like season three really? a lot so far. Mm-hmm. For, uh, over season one. Season one. Season one was good, but like like season one had had questions in it like is, you know, can you be can you be artificial and have free will, right? There are all these other sort of like one-off questions that were, that were answered. And I think that the way people act when they know they're in a simulation, which is what Westworld is, is not as interesting as the way people act when they do not know they're in a simulation. And one of the big like zoom outs, one of the big complexity upgrades between season one, season two, and season three is that now the people that are, are being run through their loops, right? They, they don't know they're being simulated. And there's, no, uh, there's nobody in the system that is aware that it's a simulation. So everybody's acting the way they would normally. It, it's this weird logical trick. I'm really enjoying it a lot because it gives you... It, it just sort of like gives birth to a lot of speculation, which is really neat. And I'm a speculation guy. It's one of the reasons I like doing shows like this. Yeah, so... Um, um, I think they sort of lost track with Bernard... <laughs> You know, it's, it's it's I'm beginning to now now I mean now that you're talking about that thinking that um it's a, there's a lot of characters in this show, um that are being under well a few characters are being underserved. We we got we got Bernard earlier in the season, but we sort of lose we lo- sort of lost track you know of him, um in favor of focusing more on you know Caleb and everything. You know, um I I I agree with you. This season has been a lot more direct and focused and everything. But um, I do like season one because of my connection with characters like Dolores and especially Maeve, you know, that season. She was just, you know, the heart of that season, you know, with her um, with her looking for her daughter. And that's what drove her, you know, um, to to do a lot of things that she had. And um, of of course, Bernard trying to figure out, um, 
you know, Bernard and the, and the twist that we got with him actually being like a host and everything. You know, this season been a lot more focused and direct and everything. And it's been a lot more, um, it's been a lot more expository, plot-driven. Um, it's, it's, it was, it's, it was, I, I'm curious to see how next week's season is, season finale is going to be because we're going to get the rooftop scene, the, the requisite rooftop scene with May versus Dolores. We're not you that know. different, you and I. <laughs> you know, we got to preview this episode, so... Yeah. Um, it seems like next week's is going to be a lot more action packed. I would definitely say this season has been action packed. You know, a great thing to, um, um, to you know, to see for you know HBO's Westworld. Uh, you got to love seeing them expand the budget, really go for broke on something like this, take over the Game of Thrones mantle, and they've made it an epic story. You know, at, at, at Westworld, the first season had, you know, it was just an it was just a western for the most part. I mean, there yeah. weren't a lot of these like high-tech vehicles, weapons, technologies that could could show you you were in the future. You sort of heard you were in the future, and everybody acted like they were in a theme park filled with robots. And you kind of, that was the magic, right? It was all in the performances. Right. But right. now we've got gadgets and robots and, and construction crushers and Call of Duty drugs and drugs that make you see movies in your head that are perfect tens every time, Ken, just like Skywalker. Uh <laughs> So we're nice. so we're seeing this weird tech stuff, and that's another. You know, I'm a. I like to future speculation is neat in my opinion. So, I like that stuff too. Uh, wild stuff. I, I am I am very very excited to see where they're gonna fi finalize this. Um, you know, if we got a couple more seasons left, this idea that this idea that humanity is being undone, and it actually is the thing that Solomon foresaw. That is undoing it. It actually will be one of these unaccountables, these you people, these unplanables, these un uncalculatables, these null sets where you can't divide by zero. It's one of them that's coming for it. So it is a self-fulfilling prophecy, because as he put it, the previous the previous plan to to destroy the system can't work anymore because it's not efficacious. There's no the people are all dead. Everything's changed a little bit, so the plan has to be different. Uh, We'll see what it is. This we already know that humans have perfect knowledge of what's been perpetrated against them because they've had their information released to them. Yeah. One wonders what additional what what could be the tipping point on this. So so that's interesting. So all this is going on, and we have these. Let's say we have four separate little stories going on. Mm -hmm. You know, we got, we got Dolores and Caleb. We got Bernard and William. We got this new one. Whatever's going on with uh, Clementine. Um, yeah. Masashi and yeah, 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 right. So, what is actually going on? What are the humans thinking about all this? Because they've got to be. That has been my point of, I guess, contention for maybe throughout the season. We're seeing all, you know, we're seeing like one side of um, of, of 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 an effect on like the whole entire world and everything. What's happening really on a human side? Besides Caleb, you know, what is actually happening? You know, and how are humans actually reacting to everything that's going on? Because there's a lot of major stuff going on. Big stuff. And are they, what are they do doing? Are they, are they, are they protesting? Are they for it? Are there right. like groups of humans that are like, yeah, like Team Dolores. Yeah. Do they want to work? Do they want to, you know, not stay home? <laughs> they want to go out they want to shop they want to they want to they want to get within a foot of other humans they I don't mean, care they don't care that the plan for them to survive and be safe 
is to stay home. They don't care. They want to choose to harm themselves. They want the ability to choose to harm themselves. They want to exercise their free will. But Ken, if it, if they're if you're looking at time as a system, let me ask you: Can I yesterday exercise free will? Yesterday, the choices I've made, can I exercise free will in the past? No. Tomorrow? I, no, I can't, and I can't exercise it in the future yet because I don't know what the circumstances will be. I can only exercise free will from now, which is why it seems like. It doesn't exist because it can only be executed in the present. And as soon as you look at something, your choices are crystallized. You can't and change gone. it. Exactly. Yeah. So really, really, our perspective at time is what creates causality, which is another, uh, which is probably a, a podcast of a different color. We're not going to do that to you guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Not on this show. Um, but this is probably the most appropriate show that we've done uh, so far to talk about it in. You know, I was thinking a little bit today about um, about how, you know, the other show that we've done recently, Sam, uh, mm-hmm. Watchmen, and, and Ken, you were on you were on that show too. I think you you guessed it on that show too. Was all about the same sort of question, which is, can you plan uh, for the unplanable? Can you plan for free will? Um, this is the whole question of Doctor Manhattan and the question of Adrian Veidt and his captivity, right? Uh, essentially, that's what determinism. You, you can't plan for something that hasn't happened. Well, unless it has, you know, really. Unless it already has. <laughs> and time is this flat circle. <laughs> we don't want to get that dark. Although this is a dark show, uh, yeah, get, yeah, get yeah, as yeah, dark yeah. as True Detective season one. Not going there. Uh, uh, not, not going there. Man, there's a lot of possibilities. You know, you yeah, have yeah, you have. So you have, in my opinion, three factions fighting for the future of this world. And those factions are humanity led by nobody. Because that's <laughs> nobody. nature. Because no. humans have naturally assumed the mantle of leadership of the world, right? We are nature. We are the ex- we are the exposition and expression of evolution on this planet at its apex as of now with and, no intervention or plan. And essentially the writers are not showing us that, that side of humanity. So, because you know, they don't need to. They don't need to, Sam. They're already showing us the vistas and the landscapes they and need the plants. To. And we are just to these actors they those things. To. We are plants to them. They we still are... need to entertain. <laughs> because the other factions are Rohiboam, the artificial intelligence that is very unhuman, as we have seen, right? Very unhuman, very different from Dolores and the hosts. And they are being represented by, in sort of like, almost like a Russian nesting doll situation. So you have the, uh, the godlike artificial AI being represented by Maeve. And you have the host, of which Maeve is one, being represented by a human, uh, Caleb. Mm-hmm. So Russian nesting dolls of causality, as well as uh, relationship to nature, or relationship to biologicals. Neat. I, I like that when we finally got a got some vision or saw some insight into Rohoboam's personality. It was the HAL 9000. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. I mean, really? <laughs> Flat, Absolutely. Monotone, just very matter of fact. Humanity will be humanity will expire if you take this disk drive. It's like he's talking about all the different <laughs> like like possible realities. It's interesting that that he's essentially schizophrenic, which means that he can see more than one possible reality, right? That's kind of, you know, mm-hmm. real reality, fake reality, delusions, sort of bending the lines between what's real and not real is schizophrenia. And what Solomon says, if we are in fact here, and it is in fact now, this is, and he says the name of the, you know, the qual- classification and talks about him. Uh, what is that? It's just like an endgame where he says, you're doing this because he knows your dad's name? 
<laughs> I don't know my dad's name. He knows my dad's name. Uh, I think, one, I have a correct prediction, and that is that uh, Rohoboam was running the Criminality app. Criminality app. That is funny. I, yeah. I, I, I laughed at that. Criminality app. Wow, that was a, that's definitely a, a, a way to manipulate and control. I wonder what this season would be like if, if Dolores had gone off with beast mode. I wonder if, if, with Marshawn Lynch. I <laughs> you need to give a speech to society. No. <laughs> I'm not giving any speeches. <laughs> Just driving one of those uh, one of those injury carts around everywhere. Like This is it. This is the plan. Uh, so Caleb is Dolores' plan. Um, we're going to see some cool stuff next week, guys. Any uh, yeah, so before yeah. we go, since I forgot to do this, since we had a double clutch at the beginning of this because uh, Skype crashed on us, which is thanks Skype for facilitating all the, our, Thank you, our entire podcast business. Uh, I was thinking to myself, guys, we should really tell people where to find us. And then when we started the show up again, <laughs> I didn't say anything. So Sam, why don't you tell the people watching right now, all four of them, where they can find us, what they should do to find more content <laughs> for us uh, if they're interested. Nerds at nerdcyclopedia.com. That's where you can email us. Nerdcyclopedia.com, of course. That's where you can find all our um, you know, social media links and every link to, you know, our podcast. What's some and, what's some, uh, um, what's some articles they might find on there, Sam? What's some stuff we've written about? Yeah, we 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 written about Watchmen, we've written about ghosts, um ghosts. <laughs> Games of Thrones, Game of Thrones. <laughs> we're gonna write it. We're, we're gonna, gonna do some ghost writers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we 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 um write all about like nerds um nerd, nerd culture and everything. So definitely check us out there. Check us out. Check us out. Check us out. Um, Ken, any final thoughts yeah. before we before we sign off? Any final uh final thoughts for the people before we get into the the finale? So before we come back next Sunday for what I'm assuming will be an awesome episode of TV and an awesome podcast episode. Any last thoughts? I, I wish these episodes were longer. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm thinking like, you know, they deserve to be at least an hour and a half. It's weird. So, you know, maybe, they, yeah, maybe they could do something about that. Like maybe make them like an hour and a half, two hours, maybe next season. That'd be you know, great. Westworld. Have that wish next week. Westworld's weird. It's, you know, there's some shows that are in the right spots because like they're good to talk about episodically, but like Westworld I think Westworld might be a better binge watch just because you don't have to wait for the, the shoe to drop, you know? Uh, so I think like season one and season two were really a lot more coherent as one unit. When I watched them back, uh, season three seems to be a little bit easier to, to, to decipher. I'm winning, I'm winning a lot of points out here, guys feeling good about it. Uh, my final thought is this, the final confrontation between artificial intelligence and humanity is something that we should put off as long as possible. Uh, in, in this, if I were handicapping this, I would, I would honestly bet on the humans. And the reason I would bet on the humans is because I think, you, I think free will is real. And I think that the time as we experience it is real. And I just don't think that there's another layer of time that artificial intelligence is going to be able to access to kill us. So there you go. We can unplug them as you saw with the EMP. You can't unplug people. Hey, and that is my. Uh, uh, what if you do? What, what if you divide and conquer? There's that element there. <laughs> you and you can freeze and stack them too. Yeah, well, remember, freeze and stack. You know. <laughs> well, remember, remember, what Dolores is fighting. We think that we talk about this world, your world, our world, the world. Is humanity in control of this world that Dolores is in? The answer is solidly no. So who is Dolores fighting? Is Dolores actually fighting humanity, 
Or is Dolores actually fighting the godlike AI that enslaved humanity before humanity could enslave her? So which is more evil? Which is more evil? The grass, the thing that cropped up naturally and from which you've grown? Or the overarching mechanism of total absolute control that is subverting free will and causing this, and basically creating a society that birthed you in the most immoral possible way? Cool, cool yeah. stuff. Anyway, that's what that's the type of content you'll get on nerdcyclopedia.com if you check that out. Check our podcast out. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Penalpin episode of uh, Handstep Hosts for Season 3, Episode 7 of Westworld. We are your Westworld podcast, and everybody will see you next week for the finale of Westworld Season 3. I'm super excited. Ladies and gentlemen, have a nice one. Nerdcyclopedia. Oh, man, that was funny. All right, good podcast, guys.